Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Silva, here on this Monday, July the 10th. If you want to check out the show all the time, go to MetsmerizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you could get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. There's plenty of podcasting services out there that I'm on. I'm, I'm sure you could find me. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Monday show with the All-Star break, and after yesterday's debacle, I wanted to kind of sit on uh, the podcast a little bit. Uh, Joining me in just a little bit will be John Delcos. You guys know John has been in baseball about 30 years, member of the BBWAA, uh, covered the Mets for a while for the Journal News, long while, has been around a long time, has the New York Mets report now, independently covering the team, so... It's been a while since we checked in with John. I believe the last time was spring training. So what I'm going to do is uh, get him on a little bit and uh, get his take on what really is a disappointing first half. And this week, for anybody listening, if you want to know what's wrong with this team, you have some real meat and potatoes that the media, the local beat, really stumbled upon. They didn't, they didn't really work on this. I don't think they really did any kind of deep dive. It just fell right into their lap. 
and this is what drives me nuts. And look, Puma and a, you know Eholt and and Carrig, who for some reason blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why. I really haven't had any negative discourse with him. I don't know what that's all about. I, I mean, I know they're doing their jobs. What really, really bothers me a lot here is that they don't push the manager. They don't push the pitching coach. And this week, those two guys gave you quite a bit of copy. The word I guess I would use some word, to 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 really give you idea of what's wrong with this team. First off, yesterday, is there not a synopsis of the first half than that performance yesterday? Three hits, shut out against the Cardinals on the road. You know, hot day against the pitcher who's you know okay. Lynn is an okay pitcher. Once they got down, they were like, ah, All Star break, we're done. That is a synopsis of this team. And then to hear the manager. After the game, and this is, again, you know, we're at the break here. It's an, it's an at-the-break show. To hear the manager talk about energy in front of everybody, how this team needs to find energy. That's something I've been telling you guys that he's been throwing out there on those Wayne Randazzo pregames. I told you I heard Seth Lugo bring it up back when they were in Atlanta, how this team continues to need that little push of energy. They claim they got it when Cespedes came back, and they got Mats back, and they got Lugo back, and now oh, we're ready to go, and three out of four in Atlanta, and, and, and then it just like you know dissipates. And then, oh, you know, San Francisco and a couple of wins against the Phillies. The energy's back, and then it just... And I know what you're going to say. Well, that's on the players, Mike. Terry's doing all he can do. B.S. The tone starts with the manager. And when the manager... And the answer by the manager about why this team that has shown no inclination to be a contender this year, has shown no indication that they'll even be a 500 team, eight games under here, more than 50%. We are north of 50% of the way to the end of the season. The answer from the manager is that it's in their DNA, this team's DNA, to be a second-half team. I give up at that point. That is such a baby, garbage, BS, childish, anecdotal answer. And it tells you everything that I've been saying has been wrong with this team. And it starts early in the year because I told you there was that Mets Weekly I think it was Conforto that was on earlier in the year, and the, and the whole one of the, the – and I, I wish I could get the clip. He was talking about, well, we know at the end of the year we're going to be there. Well, why? What makes you think that you're going to be there? Why? Because you were there in 15 and you were there in 16? Because I can give you a lot of reasons why maybe you weren't going to be there in 15 and 16. A lot of reasons. Because all of a sudden, you know, the Rockies are going to all say as they come out in the second half and they play the Mets, well, it's, guys, it's been a good first half, but the Mets' DNA is a good second half. Let's just, you know, put the gloves down and, and give them three games and take our beating and go home. And I know you say, ah, eight games in lost column, that's not enough. They sweep the Rockies, they're down to five. All of a sudden, the team's in front of them, Atlanta, St. Louis, they're not really good. Yeah, I, I get it. But guys, if a team was a serious contender for anything, second wild card spot, I don't care. Contender for 500. 
They would not go out and play so lackluster and be talking about energy on July the 9th, July the 10th of the All-Star break. They wouldn't be talking about it. That's not what contending teams do. They grind it out. They push. When they need to step up and win a series, they do. That's what the 2015 team did from about July 31st on. Anytime they needed it, they did it. And they did it because they worked at it, because they wanted to win. And while they wanted to win, the Nationals were more interested in finding their gear. Remember that whole summer? The Nationals, oh, we'll, we'll rip off 16 out of 20 eventually. It never happens. And it all started with the tone by the manager. And where is that manager? He's gone. And let me tell you something. If this manager comes back next year, I don't care what changes you make. It's not going to get any better. Because all I've heard since the day that he took over in 2011 is that he has all this energy. I've never seen it. This team laid down on him in 2011. They laid down on him in 2012. They were north of 500 both those years. Yes, they ripped the team apart with Beltron at the deadline. And they weren't investing in the team because they didn't have the money. But that team was not a train wreck. I never liked how the media was like, well, you know, they're not really built to win now. Terry's just keeping the, the ship right. He's the MVP. There were veterans on that team that wanted to win. And then as Harvey got in and they were supposed to be getting better, they got worse in 2013 and 2014. And they weren't really all that great in the beginning of 2014. And I understand the offense and they lost right and they didn't have Cespedes back. But he's managed the bullpen. See, he's a detriment. He's always the, 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 on the wrong side on the dugout. You always have a negative. And you always hear the same garbage from this guy. Energy. The DNA. I believe in my guys. Well, you know what? I don't, Terry. And nobody on the beat should, and neither should you. Because unless there's a blood transfusion or 25 new guys that I don't know, because the guys I've been seeing through the first, you know, whatever, 80-somewhat games it is, this isn't going anywhere. How can you justify bringing this guy back? And then it gets better, guys. It gets better because now the pitching coach is starting to feel the heat because people are starting to say, hey, when you wake up today and you want to go to baseballreference.com and forget ERA, let's talk about average runs per game given up. Now, granted, I could take out the Nationals 23-5 to game. Maybe that goes down a tick on that. The only team that's given up more runs on average per game are the Baltimore Orioles. The Mets are almost dead last. And he has the nerve. Worthen has the nerve to say, well, I don't have Syndergaard and Cologne anymore, so the walks have really increased. And, uh, you know, we don't have the same rotation we did last year. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. I get it. You don't have Syndergaard. That's a big loss. All due respect, Bartolo Cologne. Uh, had a good year last year, but essentially was a below-league average pitcher in 2014 and 2015. The myth of Cologne is a lot different than the reality of Cologne. He's a fifth starter, a veteran fifth starter, and he's eater. Seriously. You have Lugo back. You, have, you had Gazellman, who's awful. Those are the two guys that helped guide you to a playoff spot last year. Rafael Montero, who seems to pitch well in the minor leagues, and yeah, maybe it's because he's a 4A guy, comes up here. He was a top prospect. He was ranked higher than uh, Jacob deGrom. He was supposed to be Jacob deGrom, not Jacob deGrom. You still have a deGrom. You have Mats. 
yeah, you lost uh, uh, Familia. That's a big loss, but you got a closer that's pretty good in Reed. Hansel Robles was a mess when he was up here. Jerry Blevins, you got one of the top lefties in the game. If you were able to mix and match, I mean, Monday in Washington was a perfect example of why the manager makes the bullpen worse because he leaves Jerry Blevins in against a couple of righties. I mean, Paul Seawold's metrics aren't that bad. I know his ERA isn't great, but they're not that bad. I mean, he walks around and acts like last year he had Bob Gibson up and down the rotation, especially in the second half. He didn't. So if, if Worthen's telling me the only reason my teams are good is because I have the, the horses, well, you know what? Then what the hell do I need you for? Because you're clearly not making an impact. And I love how people say, well, Mike, you know, you go back to the Braves, and if they didn't have the big three, Woosley Omazoni. Let me throw some things for you guys to think about. You know, you go to the 2002 Braves. Look at how, you know, at times Jason Marquis pitched. You ever hear a name Damian Moss? Had some pretty good years with the Braves. You don't hear too much about him under that same Leo Mazzoni. Kevin Millwood, another guy. Chris Hammond out of the bullpen. Mike Remlinger. Darren Holmes. I'm just picking one season in the early 2000s. With guys on that staff that did well under this guy's tutelage. If that was the Mets bullpen, some of those names I just gave you, Hammond and those guys, you would say, oh, Terry can't do it. Terry can't win with those guys. The Braves did. And those guys largely turned to crap after they had a nice year with Atlanta and went went somewhere else and got a contract. Mike Hampton, who was hurt all the time. Now, he's a good pitcher before Atlanta. Horatio Ramirez, Ray King, Russ Ortiz. You want me to go on? I'll go to 2004. I'm just throwing you guys. I haven't even gotten to the 90s. Let me go to 2004. Paul Berg, John Thompson. You guys remember him if you're a Mets fan. Jared Wright, a 15-game winner. Got a nice contract out of it. Antonio Alfonseca, Chris Rietzma. I don't want to hear that these guys don't have the horses in Port Dan and Port Terry. All I know is I don't think they know what to do with a horse if it hit them in the head. And as long as these two guys, and I know you guys are probably saying, I've had enough, Mike. I get it. I get it. You don't because there's still a ton of people who throw some BS on Twitter and tell me about Port Terry, Poor Worthen. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. The pitching coach and the manager don't matter. It matters a lot because what you're seeing is a team poorly managed, a pitching staff poorly run, and I'll tell you what, the fact that the GM, who, by the way, is 70 years old, and all due respect, I know he's coming off a cancer treatment, so maybe he hasn't been himself since the World Series, is telling me that those guys are the answer, at the very least, Worthen's the answer, then maybe it's time for him to go to Because you're basically taking a team that went to the World Series in 2015, has yet to leverage that one iota, and might be the most comfortable 39 and 47 team I've ever seen. You know, uh, Jay Bruce, yeah, yeah, I don't agree with Terry. The energy's fine there. Guys, the energy sucks. Because I got to tell you, when I watch the games, I'm ready to fall asleep. Because if I don't have energy watching you, you sure as hell don't have energy out there on the field. 
And you guys could tweet at me, could tell me all the things you want about, you know, does it matter this, that it matters plenty. This team has come again the second year in a row out of spring training, unprepared to compete. The Washington Nationals have come to compete. And you think the Nationals are all that, Nationals are all that good? they got a good offense. They've lost two major components in their starting lineup. Yeah, they got the two big guys at the top of the rotation. Their bullpen stinks. And by the way, DeGrom is just as good as those two guys. Maybe not as good as Scherzer, but he's, he's not too far off. So all I'm going to tell you guys is this. I'm not going to sit here today and, you know, talk about pathways to the playoffs because I don't think they're there. I could sit here and I'll, when Delcos comes on in a couple of minutes, we'll talk about what he thinks. Should they sell? They probably should sell some of their veterans. Should they do what some of the media, Joel Sherman even suggested? Do you go out there and do you see what's out there for DeGrom and Syndergaard and really rip it down and rebuild? That's not the case. Look, this is still a team that's got a lot here. You, clean, you, you, you purge this, this coaching staff. You start with the manager and the pitching coach and bring somebody in here who kicks butt. That's what this team needs, a, a butt kicker. They need a Buck Showwater type to come in here. They don't need grandpa anymore. They don't need the pat on the butt from grandpa. Oh, it'll be okay, son. We'll go get them. It's in your DNA. No, they need someone to put down some real serious focus and goals here. Okay, and you don't want to be part of it? Get out. You start there. You have enough here. I think you start to think about ways that you could diversify the offense and have more of a focus on defense. And that's for a later conversation. And look, I know what people say. Well, Mike, when are you going to give me answers? I'll give you names. I've thrown some out there. Right now I know what I want. And believe me, I'm sure there's a manager out there that fits the profile that I want. I might not know that because I don't know every managerial candidate. I'm not there in the boardroom. And I'm tired of hearing, well, Sandy just wants a middle manager who, who follows command. It's not what this is about. You've got to push these guys. They're big leaguers who are making a lot of money. They need that push or else they're going to sit down and lay down 10 times out of 10. They're tired veterans. They've accomplished a lot. Their lives are set. I'm not saying they don't want to win, but when it gets hot like it did yesterday, they're like, eh. What does it matter? We're a second-half team. It's in our DNA. That's what you get. And this week, guys, proved all you need to know as to why this team is 39-47, why this first half sucked, and why if you're thinking of anything other than cleansing and a reformulation of the management philosophy of this team, it does. You're you're focused on the wrong thing. It doesn't matter. You could you could get rid of all these veterans, trade all these veterans. Can't trade 25 guys. I mean, even Noah Syndergaard's tweeting about it. We're a second half team. Shut up. Shut up. It's this. By the way, it's the second half mathematically. It doesn't, you don't have to wait till the All-Star break. It's the second half. Just shut up. I'm so tired of hearing about it. And, you know, I love, Travis Darno's a great guy, but he's another symptom of, of the, I mean, it's just like, are you alive? Remember we did the this, this spoof with James Flippin of WOR, you know, the office space, you know, what do you do? I don't even want to do, I'm so annoyed. I'm disgusted. I don't mind losing. I don't mind bad teams. What I don't like is stupidity. 
I, I was just going to talk about the Worthen column over at the uh, uh, the record about you know why that they're not as good. Well, we don't have the horses. What? Yeah, I know you started Tommy Malone and Adam Wilk, but listen, they're not starting journeyman crap out there. We're nibbling. We're trying to be too fine. Well, whose job it is to work on that? Why is that? I've never – they're spectators in their own job. They act like they're you and I sitting back saying, yeah, they're doing this. They're do-. No, that's your job. You're there. You control the lineup card. What has he got to lose? He's 60-something years old. He has no contract. He's made money. Who cares if these guys dislike you? Who cares? Anyway, let's take a quick break. When we return, John Delcos, New York Mets report, at Jay Delcos on Twitter. Let's hear his thoughts. Get a chance to uh, kind of take a breath here. Calm down. Have a more rational conversation. Let's hear what John has to say. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check out the show all the time at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at MikeSilvaMedia. And uh, you can get the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. We'll be back with John Delcos right after this. Hey, Mets fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized Online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to MetsmerizedOnline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today. We're back, and joining me to take a look back at the first half of the Mets season, I guess the symbolic first half, because we're well north of uh, 81 games, is John Delcos. Uh, John is over at the New York Mets Report, lifetime BBW AA members, covered the Mets for a long time, has been in baseball for over 25 years, at Jay Delcos on Twitter. John, a pleasure to have you on uh, today, and uh, I guess if you watched any of today's Mets game, it was pretty symbolic of the first half, and you couldn't get more of a let's get out of here and get the all-star break effort there. Uh, let's get on to the all-star break effort by this team. Yeah, you're right, Mike. And um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, Terry Collins mentioned after the game that um, we got to get energy back. And and I was writing um, as the game progressed that they really looked lifeless today. Um, Lance Lynn is a good pitcher, but he, he's not that good. Um, it's, it was 92 degrees in, in St. Louis, but it's not that hot. They just looked like they were gassed. There was no energy. Um, three hits makes you look bad. And Steve and Matt didn't look good. Um, it was just a just an awful game. And you mentioned energy, and Colin said that after the game. And, 
if anybody's been listening to some of the players on this team and to Collins, especially if you listen, he throws you these nuggets when he's on uh, pregame with Wayne Randazzo. I heard Seth Lugo mention a few weeks ago when he came off the disabled list how when they were in Atlanta, how they, they, they needed to kick it into gear energy-wise. This word energy has come up a lot. And to me, that's an indictment on the manager. That's an indictment on the coaching staff. Obviously, these guys are professionals. I understand that. But if you keep talking about energy as the manager uh, and saying we need to do ABC with that, that, that comes with a kick in the rear end for the manager. And I'm sorry, this manager has been way too soft on these guys. And then to top it off, John, for him to say in the pregame uh, it's in their DNA to play well in the second half, that's just borderline stupid. Like, there's no <laughs> logic to that. I mean, I mean, really, if I'm Sandy Alderson, how can I sit there and listen to this and not pick up the phone and go, and I know it's a media session. Sometimes they just throw things out there and say, are you serious? That's, that's, to me, I'd fire somebody for saying that. Like, that's just dumb. And, and, and that's where you're at with this club right now. Well, you're not wrong, and um, the thing about Collins being soft on him, I agree with you, but the reason he is is because of the general manager. I place what's going wrong with the Mets on the GM. Um, It's the players first, but it's the GM that acquires these players, and they're showing nothing, and, you know, Alderson... If you look at what's wrong with the team, okay, we have injuries, all right? But what happens when a team has injuries? You have to have somebody to come up and replace them. Well, they don't have those players to replace the people who went down. Um, the bullpen is atrocious. Um, the bullpen ZRA is north of five, runs a, you know, it, and the starters are are, are, are bad, Um this is just not a good team right now. And um, is it in their DNA? Well, I don't know. Uh, they did get into the playoffs the last two years. But were they were they lucky? Um, I don't know if they were lucky or not. Um, it's one of the things that, that I'm, I'm, I'm exploring right now in, in writing is that was the World Series um, – Good for the Mets. Yeah, it was a good experience. But also, did they take it for granted that they would be back there? Um, and did they not make the appropriate moves after the World Series um, to get to sustain what they had done? Um, yeah, they got some players hurt, but you know you have to you have to replace those players, and and Alderson didn't do that, and. As right now, now I think they're going to be sellers, but who are who are they going to sell? Um, you know, there's the two guys that have the most value are Addison Reed and Jay Bruce, and if you're going to be say that you still have a chance to compete, you can't get rid of those two guys. But those are the two guys that are going to attract the the biggest payout in in, in return. So where do you go, Mike? You know, I I I don't know. I I think that um, they should. Uh, I think they should look at where they are, and um, that means making some tough decisions. Um, you know that you know that Conforto has to play, but 
why isn't he why why didn't he start yesterday? That just was just stupid. I look back at at at, at the the way they've used Conforto. I'm actually surprised that he's an all-star. The, the most deserving met to go to the all-star game is either Jacob DeGrom or Jay Bruce. It's not Michael Conforto, but the players voted on that, and yeah, I, I don't know why they would why they they chose Conforto, but he's not the most the Met most deserving to to be in Miami. It's Bruce or or um, Degrom, um, but yeah, I digress. Um, where are the Mets right now? They're they're twelve games back, and there's no sign that they're going to get any better. Uh, I think that they should um, they should bring up Rosario and they should bring up Dominic Smith and see what they have. I I think that they should trade. Um, there's certain guys. There's certain guys, and I'm bouncing all over the place. And I apologize to your listeners for this, but there's certain guys that you know that they have to make a decision on for next year. And those guys are Cabrera. He's got to be gone. Reyes has got to be gone. Neil Walker, he's got to be gone. Uh, Lucas Duda, Duda has to be gone. Granderson, gone. Bruce, I keep Bruce. I think. I think you have to keep Bruce because you made a, a, a bad decision in signing Ioannis Sestabitis. I think that was that is going to set the Mets back years. Sestabitis um, is, is 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 injury prone. He's too much headache for the money, and he's not producing. He's hitting 143 over the last 11 games. He's not he, he's not he's not giving the Mets anything. Um, He's um, doesn't look like he's 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 hitting. Uh, well, maybe it's just, he's still hurting. I don't know, but they have to do something with this guy. I, I, I they foolishly gave him four years, and they foolishly gave him a, a no trade contract uh, trade uh, clause in his contract, and that's going to set the Mets back. Uh, it's going to prevent them from uh, extending their. Their contracts to some of the starters that they deserve. It, it it's preventing them from um, bringing up players because you know you have log jams and you can't you, you you can't pay everybody. But you know you're you're paying 110 million dollars to Yoana Cespedes, who's not giving you anything. Um, I think that's a a, a move they're going to regret. Um, you have to ask yourself why that. This guy has played for four teams before he's 30 years old. Um, that's he's just not he's just he's overrated, and the, all those in gave him the money when others were more deserving of that money. So that that's you know I think you have to make decisions on the guys I mentioned not coming back. Well, you got to try to trade them. And if you can't trade them, then you bench them and you play somebody else, like Dominic Smith over Lucas Duda. Um, you know, the the scouting reports on Dominic Smith aren't good, but we don't know what he can do. So they're out of it. See what you can you get out of Rosario and Smith. See where where your where your um, um, you know see see what you can get out of Conforto. Play him all the time. Play Brandon Nimmo. Just what you have right now is not working, and it's it's time to start over 
And the thing about baseball starting over is it doesn't necessarily have to be in spring training. It could be at the all-star break. And, and the, you know, they look lifeless, like I mentioned. And um, they got to start over on Friday. And that's what Terry Collins said. But I think they got to start over a different way. And that is looking towards the future. They had to look at, at 2018 right now because 2017 is, is gone. John Delcos, uh, New York Mets report, joining us here. That's what's interesting is that they're eight games out in the lost column. Colorado, they start the second half with, uh, let's say they sweep them. Maybe they're five games out. I don't believe, look, until you're 500, you're not in the race. And I'm with you, John. This team has shown no indication that they're a contender for anything, second wild card, anything. But I do, yeah, I, I do think they're eight history. games below, below 500 now. Yeah, and games you're right. 500. Until you're 500, you can't really take yourself seriously, no matter how many games back you are of the wild card. However, there are a couple instances uh, of teams kicking it into gear late in the second half. 95 Yankees, team that was similar, that had some expectations, um, really played poorly till late August, kicked it into gear, and, and, and won the wild card uh, with a huge September. Uh, I think you well, covered a team, the 96 Orioles, that really were around 500 till about August, kicked yeah. that into gear, um, almost won the division. They were far back. Uh, a team that was nearly going to be sellers if they didn't start kicking it into gear. So it can happen, and there are there is precedent of teams like this. Sure, it can happen, and, and 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 the Mets have some players that, if they play up to their capabilities, can make it happen. Um, I always look at it. You're right about 500, but I always look at it as weeks remaining versus games behind. Now they're 12 games behind. Now, are there 12 weeks left in the season? Eh, there, there might be, um, um, or close to it. If you can pick up a game a week, which is not out of the realm of possibility, then you're in a pennant race. And, and well, the 69 Mets did it. The 73 Mets did it. Um, you know, the, the 2000 Mets, you know, they, they, they got in. Um, it can be done. The Mets have shown it can be done, um, but are you going? Are you going to? Are you going to make the moves necessary to do that? Um, I don't. I don't know if if Alderson is 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 willing to do that. Um, there's a lot of players that you know can help the Mets right now. Um, they 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 need um, they need bullpen help. Um, how are they how are they going to get that? Um, you know, they need another starter there because you know they have Syndergaard and and, and Harvey out. Um, they're they've got a long ways to go. Uh, it's mathematically possible. Uh, sure, they can do it, but you know they they've shown no signs that it's 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 in the realm of in. That it's in any, any chance of turning it around, you know they they win two game they win two games against Philadelphia uh, after sweeping the Giants, and then they lose that last game to the Phillies. They get beat seven to one. How do you get beat seven to one by the Phillies? I mean, if you're a serious contender, you don't lose the, those those games. Uh, you have to show, go to Washington and, and do something. You know they they they've lost. I don't know. Five out of the last six games with the Nationals, you know, the, the, you know they 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 they've shown no inclin, inclination of, of catching them. 
Um, so uh, I don't. I, I I think that you know I think the season is over, um, it, it, and it's it's really hard for me to say that because I I I love watching baseball and I I love watching the Mets when they're on, um, and even when they're not on, I like watching them. Uh, I like them being competitive, but they're not even competitive right now, and that's what really is frustrating. And it's a very dangerous time because if they do make a mini run at the beginning of the second half, cut it to, let's say, you know, five in the loss column, six in the loss column for the second wild card, which it won't take a lot to do that, you're starting to now hug up against the trade deadline. You may do one of two bad things. One, hold on to your players and pass up on a deal that could possibly retool for next year. Or two, add a player, maybe give up something in what really would be a you know long shot chance to get into a one-game playoff. Now, I don't think Sandy Alderson will be irresponsible, uh, but we still have the same ownership group, and the ownership group has in the past, think back to 2004 and Chris Benson and what happened with Scott Kazmier, and, and it was kind of a similar team, which was really in it but not really in it. Uh, it's very dangerous times right now. This is This is going to be important. The next 10 days... Uh, even if their success could be damaging because it may fool them into believing that they're better than they are. Well, that goes back to my point of of, of the World Series. Did it was it did it fool them to thinking that they were a better team? Um, you know, they they ran away from the division that year, but you know, the Nationals really really stunk that year, and um, that was something that really really helped them was how bad the Nationals played in 2015. Um, they had a lot of things that went right, um, but um, can they do it again? I, I don't. I, I just don't think it's possible. I don't. It's possible. I don't think it's going to happen though. There's a couple of different type of directions this team could go, and I'm curious what you would do. Um, first direction is is that you do sell off the Bruce. The Addison Reeds, um, you know, maybe Jerry Blevins, but Jerry Blevins has an option and he's, he provides some value for next year. Get some component players or players that can help you next year. I don't think you're going to get a lot, but you'll get something, I think. Uh, and you retool for next year because I don't think this is a trash team. I mean, I don't think this is a, that it's out of the realm that they could, you know, take you know a bad season here, put it in their back pocket, then make the right moves. It's not like they, they won't have money coming off the, 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 the payroll. It's not like they don't have starting pitching. These guys, Syndergaard will be back. DeGrom is DeGrom. Uh, you know, Matt's is solid. They have some solid front end of the rotation, top of the rotation pitchers. Now, the other thing which was brought up, it's also an opportunity to, to really rip it down, maybe put a DeGrom on the block. I know he's not healthy, but maybe look to see, even if it's in the offseason, what you get for Syndergaard. You really rip this thing down and start over. I'm not in that camp. I think that's foolish. But that's another direction you can go because you figure, well, the window's closed. We went with, we, we went with this group. We got to World Series. It didn't work out. Um, you get a new manager. You really just start fresh with Rosario and Smith and Conforto, and, and you rebuild the whole thing. I don't think I would do B, but it is something on the table. Well, what are your thoughts? I would rather do A than B. Um, I, I When I look about... T- Trading, trading, trading. Um, I, I mentioned you have to look at 2018. Well, if I'm looking at 2018, um, you need left-handed hitting power um, to complement Cespedes. 
assuming that Cespedes gives you the right-handed hit power. That means you're going to need Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce has 23 home runs. He's going to hit over 30 this year. He's going to maybe hit 35 home runs. I don't want to trade this guy because, I, first of all, he's a year and a half younger than Cespedes. You're going to need a lefty bat. You're going to, if you trade Bruce, you're going to need to go back and, and trade for somebody like him next year. So I think you keep Bruce. Uh, as far as Granderson goes, if you can get something for Granderson, who's playing well right now, then do it. Um, I like Granderson. Uh, I would bring Granderson back next year as a as a as a bench player, as a role player coming off the bench, uh, lefty power hitter hitter off the bench. Um, Excuse me. I, I wouldn't bring back Cabrera. Uh, he's been injured too much. Uh, he's hitting better now, but he's still not playing like he did last last year. So I would I would get rid of him. I would trade I would trade um, Neil Walker. I wouldn't re-sign him n- next year. Uh, and he's he made seventeen million dollars this year. He's going to cost them a lot of money. I, I let Neil Walker go, and, and if he, he's healthy um, at the deadline, I'd see what you can get from him. Uh, if not, then I would I would um, I would play um, I would I would play Flores full time. I would play Conforto full time in center field because um, you're not going to. I know they're not going to bench Cespedes, but um, until they he hits, I, you're going to need somebody to play center field. Uh, and I think it's, it has to be Conforto. Uh, it's foolish that your all-star is not your, uh, an everyday player. It's just ridiculous. But you can't play him in right over Bruce because Bruce is your, your best power here, your, your best offensive player. So I need, I need to keep Bruce. I need to keep Addison Reed if you're looking at 2018 um, because I'm not sure what, how – Jury's uh, familiar is going to recover. Uh, you know that that was a, s- a serious injury. Is he going to come back and and save you 50 games? Uh, I I don't know if you can count on that. Um, but you know if he's he he's healthy, fine. But right now Addison reads your closer, and you got to think that he's going to be a closer next year. Um, there there's a the guy I would I would trade in in, in a heartbeat, but he's hurt right now. It's Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey is not going to be here after 2018. You know he's going to leave as a free agent. You absolutely know this. Um, he's been saying it, you know, by his actions for years that he's not going to be a Met forever. So, if I'm going to extend my starting pitching, it's going to be Degrom. Um, I'm not so sure on 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 Syndergaard. Syndergaard to me is 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 a bonehead. Syndergaard is like Matt Harvey. He, he's he he's read into his hype and he's believing it. And and the fact that you know he's sabotaged this season for him by working out weights in the off season and. and Maybe adding 17 pounds of muscle, well, and then the idiot decision not to go get an MRI. Syndergaard sabotaged his own season, and because of that, I don't look at him as as, as an as an ace. I, I, I he's so infatuated with throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. He's not a real. He's not a pitcher. Degrom is the ace of this staff, and this is the guy that you have to extend. This is the guy that you have to keep. Um, Matt's has shown enough that 
you want to keep him. And plus, he's left-handed. So you have DeGrom and Mets are one and two. Then you, if you trade Harvey, you can, you know, get what you can for him. And then Syndergaard is your thir- you know, third guy. Um, you do have the pitching that is necessary to compete. Um, but, you know, you have to be careful on how you tear it down because, um, you know, some of the pieces that you're going to send away, uh, i.e. Bruce and Reed, you're going to need to get back if you're going to be a contender next year. As we wrap up here, and I have John Delcos, uh, New York Mets report, at Jay Delcos on Twitter joining me as we wrap up the first half of what has been a very disappointing Mets season, 2017 Mets season. I assume, based on what we've talked about to, the, to this point, that Jay Bruce would be your biggest positive of the first half. Uh, if not, oh, yeah. let me know what your biggest positive of the first half is and what's been your biggest disappointment, if you have to pick one of each. Uh, the the biggest positive has been Jay Bruce. Um, he was the guy that Alderson wanted to trade in the offseason and um, couldn't couldn't uh, pull a deal off, and thankful thankful for that. Um then um, he is the positive. Um, a, a second positive is, is DeGrom, um, who is coming back from surgery strong. Um, uh, he, he's, he's a definite a positive. Um, you know, those are, you know, obviously Conforto is a positive. Uh, the negatives, well, you know, there are all the injuries. Um, Syndergaard's injury, I, I, you know, I just think that was just, just stupid on, on, on him, on his part, and 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 Allerson refusing to, you know, oh I'm not gonna, I'm not going to throw him in the MRI too. That, that is that was that to me that was the the biggest disappointment, the biggest screw up of the first half was Alderson's handling of 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 Syndergaard and and Syndergaard's handling of Syndergaard. Um, also, and 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 not much has been made of this, Mike, is that. Um, when Matt Harvey was not throwing, you know, in the high 90s in spring training, uh, Dan Wharton said, well, it's not going to be till the end of May, early June, that he's going to be full strength. Well, then why did he make the opening day roster? Well, he should be should have been in extended spring training getting ready to pitch. Um, he has a, a, a an injury was is caused by stress. And that was caused by overthrowing or trying to throw harder than he is capable of throwing. Um, they pushed Matt Harvey to the point where he got hurt. Now, I've been very critical of Matt Harvey, but the way that Alderson handled Harvey coming out of spring training was is, is, it was was Worthen, too. Genius. I think Worthen skates a lot with, with yeah. uh, how this staff has regressed. I mean, you can't have a staff have the historical regression that they've had no, and not at least look at the pitching coach and say, what have you done? I know he's making doubling, excuses, uh, you know, the last dub- couple of days about They've doubled the, wa- the walks. The, the, um, you know, I know everybody's hitting home runs, but, I mean, they're they're just – the Mets pitching is just – it's like a, it's batting practice. And, and then they're not – they're not – their control is off. Um, so the biggest disappointment is is, is – um, you know, I mentioned Alderson, but it's it's been pitching as a whole. Um, their starters have just not been good, and their bullpen has been absolutely terrible. And um, you know, they they talk about you know how this team is is built on pitching. Well, 
you'd like to think it's built on pitching, but it, it hasn't it hasn't worked out that way. You know, you know, all these five you know wonderful pitchers that they have. Do you know they've not pitched once or one cycle in 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 the rotation? Um, the the five guys have not pitched five straight games together. And and this is over since 2013, 2012. Uh, what what does that tell you? It, it's been you know they're they're just it's not there. This is not the best pitching staff in all of baseball. So not at all. What do you um what do you have coming up, John, at New York Mets report? Obviously the second half. Anything you want the listeners to know about at Jay Delcos, of course, is your Twitter handle. Give us an idea of what you'll be up to over the next couple of weeks. Well, um, I'm gonna you know really look at the first half. And 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 really go into the trade deadline on who they should bring back and who they should they should trade. Um, I'm also going to um, um, you know look at some of the people in the farm system you know, who who should be who should be up here. I'm I'm looking at 2018 right now, and one of the things that I'm going to do in in the near future, probably this week, is um, I'm going to look at the current 25-man roster and, and, and project who's not going to be on it. And, um, you know, I can, and half the guys aren't going to be on it. Um, there are so many holes that they, they need to fill. And, I, you know, you know, you know, you know, the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Mets blogger, Mike, and I write about the Mets, but my, my roots are in reporting and, and being analytical. And, um, yeah, I didn't grow up a Mets fan, so I don't bleed orange and blue. I try to look at it objectively, and uh, if you read my my stuff, you'll you'll you 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 won't get a cheerleader. You'll get somebody who who really, you know, is analytical about about what's going on. Well, listen, always appreciate you coming on. Enjoy your website. Enjoy your work over on Twitter. Let's catch up again. Couldn't agree with you more on a lot of these topics, John. Unfortunately, uh, it'll be looked towards 2018 here in the second half rather than a pennant race. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll do this again. All righty? That's John Adelkos. Check him out on Twitter, at Delcos, New York Mets Report. Uh, good stuff uh, over there. Hey, let's take a quick break. When I return, we'll have final thoughts here as we wrap up the first half of the 2017 Mets season. We'll be back. Hey, Mets fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized Online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to MetsmerizedOnline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today.
We're back. Final thoughts here, and uh, appreciate John Delcos for a little bit. Uh, I think even John was kind of like at a loss for words there. Um, just some scheduled things with scheduling things with the show. Probably going to try to take a little bit different approach with the show now. I mean, usually it'd be Sundays right after the game, and we'll still do a weekly show. I'm going to try to keep it Sunday nights, um, but with the importance, and we'll see. I mean, all right, maybe you could say, let's see what happens with the Rockies. Mets win three in a row this week, and maybe we'll have a you know, a, a delusional show pretending that we're, you know, the Mets are making a run again. We, we went through that already. But uh, I'm going to try to segment this show more around the news. Because quite frankly, we don't really have a pennant race to talk about here. So whether I do it Sunday or like today, which is the All-Star break Monday, um, we'll do that. So stay tuned. There will be a show every once in a week, usually Sunday. Uh, get the updates on, um, uh, uh, you know, iTunes, you know, subscribe to the RSS feed. Go to MetsMorizedOnline.com. Look for the Talking Mets link on the, on the menu. You can get it, get it there. I uh, really didn't get into the All-Star game. I, I'm not going to talk more about that. I, I don't do uh, home run derbies. Uh, I, I just That's for millennials that just are into this bells and whistles. I'm about team building, the chess match of the game, and winning championships, man. All this other stuff, I don't care about. You know, bobbleheads and towels, that's for kids, you know, uh, uh, Championships, you know what was fun? October 2015, beating the Dodgers, beating the Cubs, and what should have been a World's Championship against the world. That was fun. All this other stuff, man, this is, I don't care about it. Go have your your Syndergaard bobblehead and and have fun with that. That's not what I'm all about, and uh, I'm not about all-star games. And, you know, you want to go to another podcast, we'll have fun and and talk about, you know, crowns, stuff like that. Go to that. You're not going to get that here, so... A uh, little bit uncharacteristic for me, I guess, in the open when it comes to uh, getting agitated. But, you know, those comments by Collins and Worthen really, really set me off. And I just couldn't help myself. So hopefully a more composed Mike Silva in the coming weeks. Uh, I want to thank John Delcos again for joining me today at Jay Delcos on Twitter, New York Mets Report. Of course, you could check out the show all the time on MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can check out the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. You guys know the drill. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy your all-star break. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. And I will see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.